We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Throws an arching pass upfield. Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. Sees a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. High school quarterback. He's got a throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. And we're here midweek. It's a rare thing. We can actually make it midweek. It has to be the real thing now. Season's underway. And we're here to preview the Eagles game as well as look back at some of the things we missed prior to last week's game so first things first mike how you doing man hey big dc doing well sir doing well man and uh glad to be able to jump in here midweek if you will and uh, talk a little football 
football is there's a lot actually that we missed prior to the game on Sunday, and that's because the Rams, as usual, find a way to do things even on the day before a game. Two contract signings last week, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey and Cooper Cup. And uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on these because the Rams just cleaned up the salary cap and all of a sudden they went and spent some more of that hard-earned Stanley Kroenke money. First things first, though, man. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, big extension. What are your thoughts? Big extension. Uh, I mean, you always, you never begrudge someone who's, you know, making a living for them, their family, and hopefully helping some other people out as well. Uh, but again, and what we have, obviously, bigger salary cap day than in my day, our day, uh, back in the day, as they would say. Uh but I think it's it's great for him. He came over last year, you know, obviously after the start of the season, pray pretty good for just kind of getting thrown in there. And then, uh, you know, he's already started to show why that is. Uh, but for you and I, it's like a timing thing. And you just go, okay, we knew he had to get done. But it just always goes back to the capologist and how it's going to play out down the road in the next year, two years, and all those things. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that is. But overall, I think for a player of his caliber, I think it was well worth it. I have a, I, I'm conflicted on it. Okay. You know, we had we had the Rams wires cam the silver on last week for the midweek show, and he made the point that they had to do it. Man, he's right. The, the Rams boxed themselves into a corner by trading away two first-round picks after already trading picks to get Marcus Peters, who didn't work out. And that really kind of puts you in a position where you have to spend the money, or you're really going to you're really going to hurt your team. You're, you you need this guy now at this point. You're going to give up basically two first-round picks for a year and a half of Ramsey. After giving up picks to for Peters, I mean, you just kind of have to do it, and that put the Rams in this position where they basically, from a cap standard, overpaid for him. Now on the field, that's a different story, man. On the field, if he lives up to his his name as a shutdown corner, there's so much more the Rams can do with him back there, but. You know, we'll have to see. He didn't quite live up to that last year, but he was getting into a new system. Now he's in there. Now he's part of the system and he's part of the team. We're going to be there from training camp on. And he has to live up to that. And he really has to live up to that now because the Rams are investing $20 million in him for quite a while. And you just, you got to pay for that, man. And you pay for that. Regardless, I mean, but it's seventy-one point two million of his guaranteed. That's massive, highest annual salary for a defensive back in league history, largest guaranteed money number, as well. I mean, they don't have a choice. Both of these two for Ramsey for his legacy, for you know, his who he is needs to live to the contract and. 
of course, the Rams need him to limit that contract or they're in trouble. It's kind of a... I don't, I'm not sure I, I like that the Rams have kind of painted themselves in this corner, but he's also a star. I'm, I'm conflicted, man. I am. You want stars? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like you said, though. Part of the reason, and that's why the whole cap idea, free agency, and all these things, it, it gets really tricky. You know, how do you keep uh, solid core individuals on your team that prove that, A, we've been here, we've worked? How do you combine that with free agency when you have to fill a, a need? And then if you are feeling the need, like with the Rams, uh, not so much free agency, trade, get a guy which you go, okay, he's one of the top in the league. You know when you get him, you're going to have to pain, but then it always comes down to how much is it going to really cost. Uh, not to digress, but it's kind of like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys and the whole Dak Prescott situation. You know, you can say, well, you know, maybe – He's not worth this. He's not worth that. But then you get yourself put in a corner. Guys on a franchise tag. If he just does what he did last year and you try to franchise him again, you've got to pay him a certain amount of dollars. But then you're going to probably lose him in free agency or you now are going to have to overpay. So to your point, yeah, timing is big. And in this situation, I agree. You you have to pay him if you're giving up all that, and then you don't pay him. They're going to be like, well, "What are you doing? Why do we get this guy?" So, uh, but but prayerfully and hopefully, you know, because I'm on record. Sometimes guys get the big dough, and something happens. So, hopefully, that's not the case. Just watching him jaw back at the guy uh, on Monday looks like. Yeah, he's going to be out there not trying to get schooled up and beat. But, uh, you know, it's better said, you know, it's better done than just talking about it. So, yeah, we'll see. And then you flip it around a couple days later. Cooper Cup gets his big deal. Now, there were, I was, you know, there were some people speculating that Cooper Cup could be the one that gets traded. There was some talk in Rams social media circles, which basically means, a bunch of people talking football, that Cooper Cup could be traded. He's trade bait now because you have Van Jefferson. Cooper Cup is staying put. His deal is, shall I say it's pretty big? Is that safe to say? Pretty big? Three-year, $48 million extension. Right. Annual salary, 16 mil. Okay. Holy crap, man. Three-year, $48 million extension. Wow. 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 And, again, though, the Rams are going to pay for this somehow. And I'm just wondering, because in some circles across the league, Cup's a slot receiver. Are you going to pay $16 million for a slot receiver? And should we, I mean, at this point, should we view him as a slot receiver? How do you view him? As a slot receiver. <laughs> so is he worth a 16 million a year for a slot receiver? Neg- negative. Negative. I mean, what is, what is it worth? Like I said, starting out, hey, get your money. Whatever they're going to pay you, whoever it is, hey, get your money. 
you know, it gives us something absolutely to talk about. But mm-hmm. uh, personally, I uh, think absolutely Cooper is a great guy, good player. Uh, but is it? it's relative to, again, overall salary structure. There's a guy on his rookie contract coming off a knee injury, and it's not something that didn't seem like it had to get done today. I'm surprised it got done before Robert Woods, which, you know, again, and maybe this is baggage, uh, personal stuff, my own. I'm just always curious of who gets signed, when they get signed, because just being in locker rooms, I know that plays a part in the other guys in the locker mm-hmm. room. So it's like if you pay Cooper Cuff first, okay, Robert Woods has produced, but is he getting leftover cap stuff? Or are you going to actually be able to pay him what his worth has been for the Rams? I don't know. See, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering a lot because the Rams – they clearly believe that financially everything's going to be fine for next year. We we discussed the possibility that the salary cap might not be what we think it's due to lost revenue for this year. Apparently, they don't believe that's the case. Beforehand, we believe the Rams are going to get a massive jump. The whole league will get a massive jump for you know the 2021 season due to new contracts, so on and so forth. I'm wondering... What's going on inside league circles that the Rams feel so comfortable doing this? But, uh, Mike, I gotta be honest. I've been really, really iffy about those who say, hey, the cap doesn't really mean anything. And now I'm, I'm starting to come around to it because the way the Rams maneuver around this cap is mind blowing to me. The way they find right. ways through to get what they want. Do they pay the price once in a while? Yeah, they had to. They had to pay with, with, with Cooks and with Gurley and some other cat casualties. Now they're dishing right. out money like it's candy. They know right. something, but they're still able to just manipulate things. And I'm just wondering, we know there's limitations to it. You know there's only certain things you can do. But maybe some of those detractors are right when they're saying the cap doesn't really mean anything. Because time and time again, the Rams find a way around it. This is true, and but I mean, if you look at it from, you know, this past Monday, the Rams played a lot of young guys, right? So mm-hmm. if you look at it from that perspective, you know, from the receiver core, if 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 Jefferson is going to pan out and looks like he's going to be a good one for years to come, uh, obviously we have one more guy at the receiver court that maybe. Corp that's looking to get paid, but to your point, we're not at Rams practice, so the guys in the meet rooms know who's a guy, and and maybe this is kind of a thing, you know, they feel like he has great rapport with their quarterback, who they know is going to be here, so maybe that's part of the addition subtraction. But if you have a young guy like uh, Jefferson who's coming in, is going to be able to play well and be you don't have to worry about him for another three years, basically, at least for his restricted free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can figure, man, we can just kind of roll the dice, and hopefully by then there's more cap money and more of this and more of that and whatever it is, and you'll be able to figure it out once you get there. My dad always said, 
we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So I would imagine they're they're trying to look into the future and not handcuff them themselves too much. But as you said, if you've already given up a lot of picks to get guys that one aren't even here, and then you now have to pay a guy because of those picks, it's not like maybe the, the draft, but maybe you feel like you got enough that can take you down the road for the next four or five years. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, just in terms of on the field, though, with Cup, you're saying he's not worth it. Why isn't he worth it? Well, my thing is, I'm looking at plays because I think there's some stat out there that how much uh, golf's passer rating goes up when Cooper Cup is there. Okay, that may be true. Uh, I don't need a guy who's just catching under routes. Those are five-yard plays. Might be ten. You know, out here, a slant, something like that. Yeah, do you need those for a a key third down and three? Absolutely. But you still need a guy who can get in the deeper half of the field, the middle to the deep, that makes plays, unless you're going to say you're going to be a guy, a team that's going to be this 50-50 run pass. Oh, we got running backs. We're going to run the ball. Then it's like, okay, well, you don't need to pay a guy in a slot that much if you're not really going to throw to him. And then it's like, if you're going to throw to him, but he doesn't have like Tyreek Hill type of gas in his feet and legs, and he can't really separate from guys like that, then that's where I say you may overpay for that position. So my, my concern about the wide receivers is not changing. They need to be able to get deep. And the Rams didn't really do that in this game. Cowboys sat back in the defensive backfield, kept them from going deep. The Rams need a receiver, in my view, who can force the issue. And I'm not sure they have that. So when that's the case, paying Cooper Cup $16 million a year, and you got Robert Woods on deck for an extension, I'm just wondering about the plan. The one thing the Rams have shown us is they always seem to have a plan. Even when things don't go the way they want them to go, they find a plan. They figure something out. But in the meantime, the question marks for a person like me who wants answers, it, it does bug me a bit. I'm very curious as to how they move forward from this year and the next year. You know, let's worry about this year. But it's a concern for me. So, Derek, you're not of the opinion that money grows on trees? Not when you have a salary cap. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's easy for people to say, well, the Rams can just do this, this, and this, and this, and it's, you know, they're rich. Well, it's true. I mean, they, they can, you know, it's not my money. It's, it's Stanley Kroenke's money, and if he's willing to spend the money, fine. But that's, you're kind of missing the point. The, if the Rams could spend $400 million of their money a year without a salary cap, then I'm like, yeah, spend away, you know? But... That's not what's happening because there's a salary cap there. And no matter what people say about the reality of it or not, the truth is, no matter what you do, everybody's payroll has limits. If there's a salary cap. No matter how rich well, you are, there's I mean, only so much you, you can do. But can't you go outside of the salary cap? You're just going to have to pay the taxes on it? No. No. 
the cap in the NFL is a hard cap. This is this is what remember we proposed in this last year. My belief is that the Rams and every NFL team for that matter should have kind of what the what the NBA has, where like sort of a kind right, of exception right. rule, where right. if you if a player you drafted or you an undrafted free agent that you sign and you develop that player, you should have the ability to go over the cap for that player within reason. So like five players a year, you can do that for. So if that's the case, the Rams should have kept Corey Littleton, for example, because yes. you're you're basically punishing teams for being good at what they do, right? And that's kind of BS. You're like, why are you punishing the Rams and other teams that develop their players? Why? Why would you do that? Let them pay to keep them. And you know, right now you have a hard cap. That's my concern. He's a great player. Yeah. You mentioned, though, he's got risks. Mike, he's got risks, right? He tore right. his ACL. I, of all people, right. know what it's like, right? You know, and I yes, know how it yes, feels to do. this day. It's been, it's yes, been a little do. over a year since I tore the ACL, and it's still not perfect, even though I uh, had surgery, what, 10 months ago? So yeah. I, I can tell you that even though as an athlete, and he obviously had you know the athlete's regimen for coming back for it, you're, you, you still don't feel normal on it for a year or two. And you're likely, in many cases... I think what was it? Doctors who were listening fixed me on this if I'm wrong, but it's up to a 75% chance you tear the other ACL within two years of tearing the first one. Yeah, and, and I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. So, you know, and, and God forbid, prayerfully, it doesn't happen in this case, but, you know, you work so hard to get one leg back, and it's just how our bodies are made mechanically and biometrically. Uh, stuff gets out of whack and so whether you're putting more pressure less pressure it just sometimes those things happen and so but hopefully with in his case this won't be the case long and productive career as long as he wants to play and i and i hope so too i mean i'm like you know i'm glad he's gonna be a ram he's gonna spend the brum of his his career at the Rams no matter what. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that there's someone that Goff can count on. I'm happy for that. 16 million a year. It's going to concern the fiscal Derek here. It's going to have me thinking about what on earth are the Rams going to be able to do in the future here because their roster is just so top-heavy. I mean, we'll see. But again, they've found a way over the years. They found a way. Right. I mean, so ultimately, I think we, we agree on it in that, yeah, it's good. Guys are getting paid, and it seems like you're keeping some guys. Uh, but because we don't know what tomorrow may bring, what if we need to go out and get a guy? Are we going to have to get rid of two or three top guys to get a guy to come in and fill a need? You know, how does that work? And as you're saying, with a cap, it's only so much in how much you can spend uh, per year, per what have you. I mean, you can come in and renegotiate and and put things off, but you're just kind of buying time. It's not like that stuff disappears. You know, you're just hiding it for another year somewhere down the road. But eventually, like you said last year, they were going to have to take their medicine. 
and we go, oh, okay, they took their medicine. Mm-hmm. All right, we're coming back this year. Okay, we got a good nucleus. Oh, wait a minute. We got to get some more guys. We got to do this. And okay, now we're kind of back at the start line. That's what it feels like. I mean, that's pretty much here. And again, all this conversation basically is rendered null and void if we find out that next year's salary cap jumps 30 mil. Right. I mean, I don't know that it does based on how things are now, but you never know. You never know. You never know. So other things we wanted to cover as well, Jordan Fuller, former Buckeye, coming out there. We talked about him on last, on our last show, but we won't get there deeper. The numbers are out. He played for 99% of the team's snaps against the Cowboys. Wow. A sixth-round pick. Played well across the board. And we come to find out he was playing well all camp. He was playing well in the lead-up to the first game. He earned the spot. He took playing time away from Taylor Rapp. How do you feel about this, knowing your second-round pick from 2019 is being displaced by your sixth-round pick from 2020? Hey, it just goes to show. And as much as people hopefully can listen and understand, having been in the league, you see some surprises. The thing is... uh, we watched a video, my team, uh, the other day, Kara Lawson, and I may have talked about this the other day, who took over the Duke's uh, women's team. Mm-hmm. And she talks about hard work and competition. It's a difference. Eight million people work hard, but you can't make someone compete. Obviously, Taylor Rapp is a good player. He played almost 80% of the time last year as a rookie, has one of the highest percentage tackle rates in the league for any player only missing three out of 103 tackles and then here comes a guy because you know his knee gets banged up in camp and literally earns to start day one earned it according to Sean McVay and again you go well what is in this guy that make him different but when we previewed after the draft we looked at him, very intelligent, very articulate. Uh, we looked at kind of his play. Uh, but just looking at him the other night, he doesn't look like a typical rookie. He do play well, made a lot of plays. We, we had him high on the tackle chart for the game, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes things unsettling. But for coaches, it also creates this competition that now you're going to have Taylor Rapp practicing and playing at a high level you're going to have a guy who got a smell of starting and fuller and so hopefully what it does it elevates everybody in the secondary on the defense on the team that hey you guys letting this young guy come in and kind of show you the ropes when you should be showing him the ropes. so you know, hats off to him, but uh, I would imagine Taylor Rapp is going to be ready. He's like, whatever, man. My knee was banged up. Let me get my spot back. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's in a better position to get more playing time this weekend with the Eagles in their tight end game in there. You know, he's going to be a guy that is probably called on to, to cover more this weekend. So I, I think we'll see a bit more of him and. You know, my time watching Jordan Fuller at Ohio State, we knew he was a good one. I remember going in the draft thinking, if he's drafted late, whoever gets him gets a bargain. 
I never for a minute thought he'd turn around and develop into a starter right away either. So I'm curious to see if he's able to to stay where he is or if eventually Taylor Rapp will get that job back and he'll become the backup he was predicted to be. We'll find out. I hope that the kid just keeps developing from this point forward. He's out of town in the world. The kid just never put together completely Ohio State. That's all there is to it. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. You know, you got to see him up close uh, mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods, absolutely. And so you got a real thing. I just, you know, I, I always tip my hat, whether it's a freshman going into a major university and playing early or a guy coming out of college and playing early and not just playing, but actually playing pretty good. You know, it's pretty impressive. It speaks to the individual. Uh, but like you kind of are hinting at. Yeah, could it be? Is it a one-game wonder, or is this guy the real deal? And he's the next whomever that now may end up having what may be a Hall of Fame career. Who knows? But yeah, it's really hard to judge. You know, whether it's college, certain teams in the NFL. You know, it reminds me a little bit of Marshall Falk when mm-hmm. he came out of San Diego. Everybody knew, okay, he's a good back, this and that. San Diego State, he went to Indy, played well, but then, like, he got to the Rams, and it's now it's Hall of Fame Marshall Falk, you know? Yeah. Now, does he, does he get there at Indy if he's there his whole career? I don't know. Maybe because Peyton Manning, they did have some good years after he left, but uh, certain guys will show up, and then certain guys disappear. I mean, I'm looking at uh, the Beckham kid. From uh, now at Cleveland, the guy seems like just an average receiver at this point. So you're out there. What are you, you know? I mean, I mean, ODB, I mean, yeah. ODB doesn't get a or OBJ or I saw that whole thing. I don't know if you saw it, they call him ODB. <laughs> Our counterpart Jake over at uh, <laughs> Downtown Rams has had a parody of him, uh-uh. um, and he apparently caught. The person he's he's accusing Brian, who used to be our guy over at Rams and Censor, of being, and he had posted ODB, and so as a post and the 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 uh, what's it called the what is it the the perpetrator on that account also said ODB, so now I picked it up ODB is that ODD it's it's OBJ. Right? Right. Michael Jr.? Right. ODB. ODB. So, next I'll be accused of it because I said ODB. Um, Right. You know, and by the way, whoever was doing the jiggle, that wasn't cool, man. I mean, it was funny at times, but it wasn't cool. Like, it took a little too far, I think. But, we'll see how that goes. Anyways, in in Cleveland, I, I don't know, because in my view, Odell Beckham Jr. was kind of Falling off a little bit when he was still in New York, like his focus yes. wasn't there, and you know Baker Mayfield is still a flock quarterback, much you know not the same as Jared is, but he's still developing, and so to have him come in there right away and have a, a rapport with with Odell Beckham Jr. that wasn't going to happen for Mayfield, and so yeah, he's not doing well in Cleveland. Now they're playing tonight. I have no idea what the score is. I can go check real quick, but. You know, I just I'm wondering if it's ever going to work out because I don't I don't really see Odell Beckham Jr. as a team player. Right, right. You know, we'll find out. We'll find out. 
So, in the end, you know, it's 1410, by the way. If anybody really cares, because we're broadcasting live and you're listening to us instead of watching the game, that's probably telling you something as it is. But I digress. Moving on. <laughs> Let's get to the topic here. We have a game to preview, the Eagles and Rams. Um, yes, sir. It's, this is a game that, if you're looking talent-wise across the board, in many areas, it probably favors the Eagles. But let's just be real. That Eagles offensive line played like hot garbage last weekend. I mean, hot garbage. There's no way around that. Now, does hot garbage stink more than not hot garbage? Yeah, it does. (laughs) I mean... You put garbage under real serious heat, and it's just steaming. <laughs> but, you know, talent-wise, you know, here's the reality of it. And I don't think people like talking about it in Philly. That Eagles team, in my view, was more talented the year after the Super Bowl victory than they were the year of the Super Bowl victory. They had injuries, but ever since then, they really haven't been the same team. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't know what's happened with them, but they're to me not the same Eagles team that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And, and I wonder at their future this year. Losing that game to the Redskins, I think, is I mean highly problematic. Giving up eight sacks to the Redskins. Right. If I'm reading that right, right. That's bananas. Do I think the Rams have a pass rush that will come in there this weekend and make magic happen? I don't I don't think so. Because we don't know much about this pass rush at all yet. We've seen them for one game. But you know, that offensive line is a hot mess. So there's a matchup right there that does suit the Rams. Can the Eagles stop the Rams' run game? Can they do it? We'll find out. The Rams have a three-headed horse here. They, they don't have the, the articles coming out of Philly from like phillyvoice.com has an like Eagles versus Rams five matchups, and their one of their matchups is that Rams' run game against the Rams' defensive line, and they focus on Malcolm Brown as if Malcolm Brown is a real threat. Ah, you know if Jarrell Henderson is is healthy. You got three different backs who can cause you problems out of the backfield, in the backfield. You know, it's not the same as having a horse like Todd Gurley in his prime, but still, they can give you different looks. So I wonder about that matchup if the Rams can establish the run. Of course, Robin, uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman is now an Eagle, and he'll be lined up against Cooper Cup. That'll be interesting. Oh, for sure. Okay. Hey, on the offensive line, when this is from the Philly Voice article, they, they highlight the matchup of Fletcher Cox and Bleak Jackson versus Joe Nopum. Hmm. That would scare the crap out of me, too. That would scare the crap out Can Can Nopum, who had it up and down first week, okay, Aaron Donald against the offensive line, and then getting, you know, what about the quarterback position? Both the Rams and the Eagles. These guys are dropping the same year. They've had their own issues. 
Wentz with injuries, Goff with consistency. This game, to me, I don't want to make a prediction. I've been wrong a lot lately, and I don't want to make a prediction. So maybe I'll go to you first. What do you think? Well, you know, I'm going back to what you said initially. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the Eagles. And, again, maybe from me being a player and not – it all be it all and all that stuff. But I do have a good understanding about team chemistry and locker room chemistry. If, in fact, Nick Foles was a guy who was better for the locker room, because you remember after that, oh, you know, it was like Carson Wentz is he's different than Nick. Nick gets along with everybody, not so much with Carson. And then they were going to have to pay Foles or let him go. And they somewhat let him go. They had to let him go because then they end up wanting to pay Wentz and making him the guy. I've said it and I'll say it. The guys in the locker room know who the players are. And so I'm almost saying it's a little bit. It seems like fallout from there. They traded a couple guys, brought in a couple guys, you know, trying to do these things. And certain things just haven't seemed like they panned out along with Wentz kind of getting banged up here and there. So for whatever it's worth, it looks like it could be a great opportunity for us to go on the road, go in their backyard, and get another W. Because if they play like they did against Washington, which hats off to Ron Rivera going in with all the things that were going on and getting your guys to to get a win and your first win and a what was seen to be a very dysfunctional organization, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we respond. Can they stop Aaron Donald? Can we stop the run? Can we do some things? And, again, if if you sneak a win, if you want to say, against Dallas uh, this past Monday and or Sunday night, uh, whatever it was. Was it Sunday night? Monday? Sunday night. Sunday night. Uh and then now you can go on the road and get another one again. Now you're putting wins in the bank, no matter how you're getting them. So I'm kind of excited to see what we're going to do now, giving another week in the new somewhat, not new offensive system, but gelling with new coaches and defensively the same thing. So uh, it may be just a tremendous opportunity well i'm not going to say maybe it is going to be a tremendous opportunity for us to go in and hopefully get this monkey off our back from not beating philly i believe you since 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 2014 2004 or 2004 they have not beaten i just can't believe that (laughs) they haven't beaten the eagles since december 27th 2004 which is the last time the rams made the playoffs before their current string. Yeah, man, that's wild. I mean, that's it is what, twenty to seven. Since then, seventeen sixteen loss the following year, thirty eight three loss in two thousand eight, thirty one thirteen in two thousand eleven, thirty four twenty eight loss in two thousand fourteen, then those big ones in LA, forty three thirty and thirty twenty three. And that's you know, I'm a guy who is a little more more superstitious when it comes to sports, you know. And when teams go on these streaks, you kind of, they, there's to me a little bit of, 
I mean, there's a little bit, there's something to it, you know. There's a reason why this organization beats up on this organization a bit. So, in all actuality, a Rams win in Philadelphia would mean a ton to me. A. And B, this also means that, you know, Doug Peterson's beaten Sean McVay twice. On his field. Sean McVay's field. Yeah, good point. So, I'm really wondering... How is it going to match? And that 30-23 game in 2018, that Eagles team was beat up. And the Rams, that was a Super Bowl year for them. So, I, I have real concerns. Those concerns go away, by the way, if the Rams run the football on, on Sunday. Right. I guess the major key of the game. Run the football. Run the football right. and so- chase wins. So, you know, so you're talking about how these egos from coaches, you know, get in, get in, come into play. You know, are you going to do what wins you the game or you want to do what looks sexy and fan friendly and all that good stuff? So, yeah, it'll be interesting. So we need to know. So, you know, do you want to make a prediction? Do you want to go for it just to lay it out there? Yeah, I'll make a prediction. Uh, Rams by a field goal, twenty-four twenty-one. Oh man, I'm gonna have to, to. I was wrong when I picked against him. I'm gonna go. I don't want. I don't want to be wrong twice by picking against him. If I'm gonna be wrong. I'm gonna be wrong picking for him. I'm gonna go Rams pull off the win in a shootout, thirty-eight thirty-five. Ah, thirty-eight thirty-five shootout. All right, so there you go, folks. That's our midweek show. We'll see you Sunday after the game to uh, to break it all down. Hopefully break we'll down. be breaking down a Rams win. All right, folks, next week I'll be on the Rock Power Report, and they'll be coming over to our show as well to preview the Buffalo Bills. Stick with us for that. And it is, it's still a little awkward being back on the saddle again, but we are very happy that you are still with us and listening to Rams Talk Radio. And good job. I got to tell you, I checked our numbers, Mike, for the first time in months uh, earlier this week, and it blew me away because I had not been able to put time in like I usually would, and our loyal listeners kept listening to our shows, especially to Butting Heads, and um, I want to thank all of you all out there for that. You're awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank okay. you. You are truly a blessing to us. Yes. Yeah. So now that in mind, it is that time of year, and we are looking for sponsors. So if you if you would like to sponsor us for this season and beyond, reach out to us at ransom1945 at gmail.com. We got all kinds of stuff ready for you, and we'll make it happen, okay? Also, want to throw a shout out to the Budding Heads team for their outstanding podcast this last couple weeks. Really throwing some points around and making some news on social media, so good for them. All right. So for Mike, the entire team here, this is Derek C. Apollo saying we're out of here. We'll talk to you right on here. Sunday. Hey, we are live and I hit the wrong button. We're out of here for real. See you easy. Bye. You can.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.